Welcome into Fantasy Unclean. I'm your host, Rich Fiddler, joined tonight by Scott Robley. We will have a phone conversation with Frodo tonight. Uh, He was visiting family and is not quite back in town yet. (laughs) Family's stupid. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Dominic Toretto. (laughs) Uh, So we will have a phone conversation with him about news and the... The fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, and we'll then, open up with him. And then Scott and I will break down the NFC South uh, following that phone conversation. Word, 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 word. So uh, what we'll do now is we'll get him on the phone and see what happens. Okay. And then let's give him a call. Let's give him a call. And... You have not seen anything official that Aaron Rodgers has is coming in yet. It's just all hearsay at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Lou? Yo, what what's up? up, man? What's up? Part of me wants to ask how your vacation was and all that stuff, but really I don't care that much. Um, did, 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 yeah, see, at least, at least Rich sent me some uh, happy birthday memes. I know. I, didn't get anything I know. What's funny is that morning I I almost sent you something that morning, and uh, uh, and then I was at work or something like that, and and Rick started sending those in, and I was like, oh fuck, I didn't send him that thing this morning, and then I you know got distracted again, and then it was like way late at night, and I was like, oh fuck, I didn't send him anything today, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I mean, it's like nine o'clock now. I don't want to get my. I literally phone. thought, I'm like, you know what? I was laughing at the, I showed Amanda some of the uh, some of the memes that Richardson and I'm like I guarantee you Scott probably planned something and then saw something sparkly and forgot all the fuck about it. <laughs> 100% dude. I think I even actually have a meme that I saved from like a week or two ago and uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. I I I I I don't uh, uh, I don't claim to be anybody that I'm not. <laughs> and I'm a guy that doesn't care about my birthday, so why do I care about your birthday? You don't care about birthdays, and you get distracted insanely easily. So easily, but I did just get my doctor to up my uh, Adderall script, so like Hell that's yeah. Good. yeah. So it could get a little bit weird around here. Um, so uh, we well, just made a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, Rick. Uh, Sorry, that kind of snuck up on me. Tastes like spaghetti. I uh, uh, Rick, Rick is gonna. Uh, uh, he's already done the intro, so what we're doing is we're basically taking right off from the first part of the conversation. So, um, okay, we're going to talk Aaron Rodgers, then uh, Deshaun Watson. Maybe we start with Deshaun Watson because that's yeah, let's, let's that's start with a little Deshaun. bit a little bit of a downer, and then we'll talk about the upper that is Aaron Rodgers because I'm absolutely winning my bet now. Well, <laughs> we're not going that far yet. Possible, we start with possible rape and <laughs> move on to just right. Eh. So. As I'm sure anybody who's following football is aware, Deshaun Watson is all of a sudden uh, being relevant again because the tight or the Texans were all of a sudden saying, "Oh hey, we'll trade you now." Right, uh, right. And well, last week it started with uh, the big news that the Eagles were interested in yep. a trade. In yep. fact, it was like almost they were talking about it as if it was uh, like imminent, going like to be done by happen. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are. I mean, currently it's Monday. Nothing's happened yet. Yeah. Other than there's uh, new criminal uh, cases. Oh, yeah. Him. So it started out with 22 different um, uh, 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 civil lawsuits. Civil 
Yeah, and then and then uh, to uh, this week, uh, this weekend or today, uh, ten uh, uh, ten criminal complaints have been filed against him. Two of them by previously unknown um, uh, victims. Um, and uh, just uh, uh, for clarification, real quick, a criminal complaint is a self-contained charge that sets forth. The, suffic- the sufficient facts that, with reasonable inference, allow a person to reasonably conclude Jesus Christ. Basically, it says somebody probably committed a crime. That's that's what Dude, a criminal complaint. Dude, I'm honestly listening to that while driving. Dude, that's no joke, dangerous. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Cornell. God. Uh, so, uh, so basically, it, it, it says it, you can file a criminal complaint. That's more or less. Uh, telling the police this person committed a crime, right. and there's enough evidence to 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 back that up a little bit, not necessarily to convict. So yet, right? There's I, something substantial more than like he just did it. Yes. Yeah. I assume that the eight females that are listed here are probably in the same group. Uh, apparently, there has been half of the 22 uh, women that 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 came out with. Complaints uh-huh. against uh, Deshaun. Um, half of them have had full like statements from the police, and f- uh, half of them, I don't know if it's all the same or not. I assume it's probably pretty pretty yeah. much all of the same ones have done investigations with the NFL, which are, from what I understand, pretty lengthy conversations. Yeah, I mean the NFL is pretty notorious for having very in depth uh, interviews with alleged victims. Yeah, so and, and they've the NFL yeah. has their own their own like investigation team for things like this. And very importantly, they have their own criteria for what constitutes as a uh, 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 violation. A violation or not? You know, somebody who actually committed a crime, somebody who's not legally uh, culpable. Uh, can be uh, uh, susceptible to NFL uh, punishment, and so that's where that's where I think a lot of us, at the very least, believe Deshaun Watson's going to land. So, I mean, I guess let's start with uh, the asking price. Uh, Texans have decided that what they want is they want a combination of five high-end picks or players. So that means that they want firsts and seconds, and a lot of them, um, and they're willing to forego some picks for uh, top talent as well. Right. The other thing is... And they could have got that. Yeah, that's true. The other thing that I heard was uh, Ian Rappaport, who, I mean, as anybody who follows the NFL knows, he's normally pretty good uh, with his info that yeah, he puts out there. He's not... Um, nobody is uh, Adam Schefter, but uh, Rappaport's pretty close behind. Right. Um, he was yeah. saying that, that he doesn't know about the five first rounds but he he assumes that it will be at least three uh with probably a player or two involved in that yeah Uh, so you're probably looking at either three first rounds and maybe a third or a player or something along those lines well as i understand it you can only you can only uh trade the next five years worth of picks so at the very least and 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 i don't think anybody is worth five first round picks just because that cripples your long-term growth right. uh, uh, on on one person, so you'd have to be—I mean, you'd have to be absolutely lock sure, steady that that person is going to be elite for the next decade. Um, so, so if that's Aaron Rodgers five years ago, he's worth five first rounds today. Aaron Rodgers is only worth 
two or three first rounds plus some extra. Right. Because of the longevity of his career. Right. Um, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, before all of this legal trouble, I would have said, is in that category of possibly first, five first rounds. Um, yeah, Deshaun Tom Brady, I mean, because he'll be around for another 15 years. Deshaun Watson, uh, of all the top-tier quarterbacks that are out there, are probably is probably going to demand, or would have, prior to all of this going on, would have demanded the most amount of revenue. I mean, look what they got for Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah, Matt Stafford. I think pretty much any NFL team out there would rather have Deshaun Watson over Matt Stafford. Right. And they gave up a load of stuff for Matt Stafford. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, so so we kind of came up with a couple of different trade options here, Uh, you know, hypothetical trade options. I think one of the the common landing spots that we've heard – um, is uh, uh, from uh, uh, for, for the Broncos just because they've got they're missing one piece to their team just one piece and the rest of it will explode uh, and that's quarterback um, Drew Locke while he, we believe that he's better than what he's shown we also believe that uh, he's not Deshaun he's not Watson, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> um, you know uh, criminal accusations aside uh, and uh, yeah he so, may be a better person might be he's probably better. All evidence points to him being a better person. Yeah. But uh, so so uh, what I, what I figure here is uh, you're gonna have when when you give up something for Deshaun Watson, you're guaranteed to have to get rid of something. So you're not gonna be able to put a conditional pick on nothing on, on if he gets absolutely shit canned um, uh, from the NFL. You're not gonna be able to give up nothing for 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 uh, uh, Sean Watson still. So so Texans, I think, would... So if we go with the Broncos, Broncos would give up, in my scenario, a first and a fifth guaranteed this year. Uh, maybe a third or a fourth even, you know, a little bit higher. But a first and a later round pick immediately this year, no matter what, that's gone. Um, and then your, 20, uh, your, your 2023 first and second and your 24 probably second or maybe first even um are all conditional based on um eligibility not not based on play time because if he gets injured that's that's irrelevant uh just based on eligibility alone um and then uh, the texans would also have to pick up a defensive player like say Bry- uh, bryce callahan um, uh, you know, who's a, a pretty good young cornerback, uh, which they need. Uh, Bradley Chubb is a good pass, pass rusher over there um, that, again, is up and coming and young. Um, and then uh, Texans also need a tight end pretty badly, too. Noah Fant's got not blue chip talent, but he's got enough talent on there that you might be able to forgo giving up an extra first round or an extra second round to the, to the Texans. So they'd end up with a pretty nice haul. If the guy plays all the way through or has, you know, say you put his eligibility at 50% of year one, then you'd still give up your first and fifth this next year. And then uh, uh, second, first and second next year, and then finally, you know, a first round or a second round the year after that. All of that for uh, uh, for for Deshaun Watson, I think, is very good. But if you put those conditional tags on some of those later, the ne- those future picks, they wouldn't go away completely based on eligibility. But instead of getting a first and a second in twenty twenty three. 
maybe you get a sixth and a seventh or a fifth and a seventh or something like that. So that way they still get something for... You still get five total picks. Yes. It's just the, their value yeah. is significantly less. Um, and I think, I think that that's a very reasonable trade offer for both sides. I think the Broncos, I, I would give up that much for Deshaun Watson in, in his current state with those conditional tags on there. Um, and, and the Texans get a ton of draft capital out of that over the next couple of years um, to, to be able to uh, rebuild their team, I think. What about you, Frodo? Who do you, who, who do you see if Deshaun Watson moves? Where do you see him landing? Do you so, see? Do you see him going I, to the I, Eagles? I, I, yes, but I, I, it's a three-way trade. Okay. So the Dolphins are the Dolphins are included in this because they have a lot of history with the Texans and trading. Sure, that's true. The Dolphins, they and and the Eagles and Dolphins trade a lot this year. So who is disgruntled in Miami? It's Xavier Howard. Mm-hmm. If they can get Xavier Howard and one of the first-round draft picks from Seattle, uh, not Seattle, but the uh, Eagles uh-huh. and Miles Sanders. Mm. Miami will send a first round pick to them as well in the later round, and then Deshaun Watson and the Eagles can ship Howard and get all the first round picks for Watson. There you go. Okay. That's so how I, that's a, I, I could see it moving because you're, there's no player on the Eagles right now that would warrant, like, a top-tier player. They just drafted Devontae Smith, but they're not going to send him off. They're probably not selling Jalen Hurts. The only other high-level player is either Hurts, Goddard, and Sanders, most likely. Hurts could definitely so, be thrown in there just as, yeah, like, a that, compensatory piece kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I right. don't, I don't think... Just because they kind of want to get rid of him. Exactly. Exactly. So, right. so um, there's there's a ton of rumors about around Damian Howard. I hope the Dolphins keep him, but if they don't want to sign him and neither wants to out, yeah. might as well trade him and recuperate some of that. They don't want Watson because they're 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 all in on Tua. But if somehow the Eagles could move a couple of those pieces and it could be a three way trade, okay, Miles Sanders to Miami plus a first round, which I think it warranted for the best one of the top two cornerbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Miles Sanders is, is kind of expendable because they just brought in carry was it carry on? I don't remember. Uh, yeah. They brought in a few Yeah, they brought they've in They've got a, on, like think. a little bit of a, a, a of a group going on there of all similar style players. Right. And Philadelphia has I think four first round draft picks in the next two drafts. Two or three drafts, so they have a lot of. I, I, I see the Eagles or the Broncos are the two locations he's going to land. In the off season, I would have thought for hundred percent it was going to be the Bears. Yeah, and I think the Bear. I, I think the Texans are kind of kicking themselves in the butt if if they, if they're willing to ship a bunch of stuff off for Wilson, they would have definitely done that for Watson. And now you you would have got their draft pick, and then you now you have Justin Fields in place. Yeah, along with all these other value. So yeah. again, somehow the front office of the Texans, you know, decided to fuck themselves and you know didn't right. manage it correctly. Right. We can't bring, uh, blame this one though on uh, what was that guy's name, Brian? Uh, Bill O'Brien. Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, okay. So I mean, 
I, I like the idea of doing a multi-team trade. I wish that the NFL did this more often because it opens up the door for a lot of a lot of a lot more creativity. Right. Um, the NBA does it. Uh, the MLB does it all the time. Um, it seems like. It, yeah, it seems like it's an it, it should be here. There's nothing that prevents people from doing it. It's just. I think the only thing that makes it more difficult is that divisions are small here. And so you've only got three other teams in your division, which means that you have to balance uh, your power players a little bit more, I guess. Maybe that's why people uh, are hesitate from doing, uh, um, you know, multi-team trades. But, yeah, no, I like that. I like the creativity of that one, giving up, uh, uh, a, a, getting a couple of teams involved, a couple of teams that have – Specifically, Philadelphia and Miami, who both have a lot of draft capital to throw towards Texans. So um, the hard thing for the Texans here is whoever they give Watson to is going to instantly have, more than likely, they're going to have a much worse uh, first-round pick. Because, you know, let's say that it's the Eagles who who had a 12th uh, 12th overall pick this year. Uh, Let's say that it's the Eagles. Well, this next year... One of Philly's first-round picks is Miami's pick. This next year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what I'm I'm getting at is that that Philly here is... uh, uh, They're not going to be picking 12th this year if Deshaun Watson's there. Um, And... So, so they have to take that into account, and that's why five first rounds actually makes a little bit more sense because at the back end of the first round, you don't actually have that much value. Right. Uh, that's why you see a lot of the elite teams not picking uh, in the first round anymore because they'll trade back and let somebody else jump up and accumulate in the back end there. Right. You had kind of talked about the Miami Dolphins, right? Yeah, so I get what you're saying that Miami is all in on Tua, but... If you can be all in on Tua, why wouldn't you go for Deshaun Watson that you know is a you know what you're getting with with Deshaun Watson? Right. Okay. So you're saying you're basically saying yes, I, you can you can fully believe in a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Um, and still know that Deshaun Watson's a better well, option. Look at like the the Niners. Yeah. They knew who they were going to pick going into this draft. Yeah. And the night before the yeah. draft, they were trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. I got you. So they knew they liked... I would definitely go after one Aaron Rodgers. I would take Rodgers over Tua. I would take Deshaun Watson over over Tua, though. Straight up, straight up, would you have Deshaun Watson or Tua? Uh, I mean, if your talent is set in stone right now, yeah, Watson. But I think Miami, I think Flores wants a certain team atmosphere and a certain yeah. dynamic in the locker room. I think that's why he backed away. They're probably worth talk, but I yeah. think that's why he abandoned ship kind of on Watson. Yeah. And, and that could very well be true. I just, um, in my in my mind, I see... On paper. Yeah, on paper, I see Watson in Miami as a huge upgrade. Not that Tua can't be great, but as of this moment right now, I see I see Watson coming in there. That team could destroy yeah. with with Watson on the team. Yeah, if, if Watson's on your oh, team, they let's, would probably instantly jump to the Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, easy. So if 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 say, I mean, just I, mean, I don't know what your trade scenario is here, but let's just say Xavier Howard and three first rounds go out the door for Deshaun Watson, um, instant instant Super Bowl contender, and and 
maybe maybe only behind uh, KC, maybe behind Tampa Bay, but probably even ahead of Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I would put Deshaun Watson, assuming that he's starting all uh, it's seventeen games this year. But I don't. We're trying to set that aside. Right. What you're looking at is the math there of it, it, does he put them in a much better position? Yeah. Um, you're you're draft you're not drafting. You're, you're trading for the potential of a 10, 12 year career. You're, you're looking at the fact that, Hey, we may not have him for a year. As long as nothing fully comes out as being criminal activity. As long as we don't come out and find out that he raped somebody, actually raped somebody, um, then he's going to be back in the NFL, uh, in likely less than 12 months. right? Right. So you're looking at that, that, year two through nine or two through 11 year range with him. And I think that Miami would be willing to give up. They, they've got a first and second this next year uh, from the 49ers uh, first. And then they've got a second of their own that I think they would give up for that. And then I think they'd give up the, the next year's first and probably send Tua with it. Yeah. And if they needed a, if they wanted a, uh, a defensive player with that as well, like Frodo said, Xavier Howard being a, a a problem piece on the team right now. I think they'd be willing to send probably the two firsts, maybe, and those two players. Yeah. Uh, to get Watson. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that makes sense. It's you're uh, getting potential with Tua, and if hey, you don't like him, you've got a whole, an entire year to, to to see if you like him or not. Mm-hmm. See if he can be something right. for your team. If you guys do shit in the in the year with Tua, then you're going to be a high draft pick, and you've got multiple draft picks in the first couple of rounds at that point. So I, I don't see that as being a bad thing, and I only see that being a an, a faster upgrade for Miami. Again, Tua could be great this year, but... Nobody knows that that for sure is going right. to happen. Right. And if you get Watson and he plays half the year, three quarters of the year, a quarter of the year, any bit that he plays is a huge upgrade to your team, I think. So, I mean, just real quick. I mean, go ahead. He, yeah. Uh, if, he, if he goes, Satan does go to Miami, there's instant connection with Fuller. Not to say that's going to yep. but right. him but, and, him and Watson have, have to had thing yeah yeah so uh that's a good call i hadn't hadn't really thought about that um and uh i mean anybody look if tua goes to texans everybody on the texans gets an upgrade because right now nobody's touching the texans based on watson's not going to play there right and in Miami, it's going to be on the first part of the season. It's going to be pretty crippling to their fantasy value. Right. Um, uh, but again, long term, everybody gets an upgrade. So, in terms of the fantasy value of that trade, it's really pretty positive all the way around. Um, the the Broncos, if they make that happen again, that's hyper positive for all of the already great fantasy prospects in Denver. Um, and uh, yeah, all said, the receivers would have a huge upgrade. Yeah, 
And if if Texans wanted Drew Locke, which I'm not sure that they would, but if they did want Drew Locke back, then the Texans are going to have a uh, Texans. Uh, Drew Locke is probably better than Davis Mills. Um, maybe he's he's probably going to win out the quarterback or the the contest this year if it yeah. ends up t- Davis Mills, Hills Mills Mills Mills. Uh, Mills yeah. So uh, okay, so. Uh, uh, all of that's to say Watson is almost surely going to be out through week six minimum, I would say, this year, uh, just based on uh, 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 the potential of, of these crimes or these, uh, uh, these potential crimes or assault cases. Uh, he is he's going to be placed on the commissioner's exempt list. I'm almost certain of it. Uh, Rich was mentioning off, off cast that it was... Uh, uh, that they don't place them on the commissioner exempt list until closer to the season because it has no impact on the off season program. So he can still show up and still do this. So there's no reason to announce it right now. The NFL is just waiting until right. they have more information, the most information possible. But look, I don't think anybody's under any um, uh, mistaken feeling that this guy isn't uh, uh, isn't going to be banked through the first several weeks, yeah. probably half the season. Um, but uh, Who's not going to be on the bench this year is Aaron Rodgers, who has apparently uh, the conversations have started moving forward again. Um, last week we had heard that he turned down a uh, uh, you know a lucrative extension, um, and then this weekend we heard that he wanted ninety million dollars for two the next two seasons guaranteed, um, and uh, and then today we got all sorts of other conversations about. Uh, he's got he's got stipulations, and that they're they're coming together on him on making a deal. Those that deal includes voiding the 2023 year uh, with no tags available for the team, and then his cap hit this year, his his salary this year is adjusted to create cap space with no loss of income for him. And this is the most important part: they're going to install mechanisms. Their word. Uh, it, it, to address his issues, which what that means is they're giving him GM authority over the draft. That he's got to, I mean, that's got to be what they're doing. Yeah. And that's the only yeah. thing that they can do to give him, uh, 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 to, to keep him happy on this team is to give him, I would say, uh, uh, you know, uh, on on first and second rounds or third rounds, maybe that he has full authority to veto. Maybe he's got veto power. Right? No, you can't pick up Jordan Love in the first round. You fucking asshole! I'm the greatest <laughs> quarterback in the history of mankind. Um, Do you think when they if, when they go to put in a draft pick and it's the wrong one, he pushes like on Jeopardy, like? Eh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, dude, I this is. Uh, Nothing's done yet. Um, look, in sales, nothing is done until the ink is dry, and that's the case here. Yeah. Uh, it does seem to be moving forward as if it's a positive outcome. This means now that I've got a maybe a 60% advantage on our bet, though. If he plays, you still have a pretty solid bet moving forward. Um, I don't even remember who your quarterback is. Dak. Dak, that's right. Still not a bad thing. Still not bad. Uh, so... Uh, everybody likes uh, the impact here is obvious. Aaron Rodgers plays. Everybody that was good last year is going to be good this year. Um, they didn't change the team too much. Devontae so. Adams is still the number one receiver at that point. 
Yeah, yeah, especially because uh, last year it was supposed to be Michael Thomas. Yeah. It wasn't. No. It was Devontae Adams. It won't be Michael Thomas this year either. It won't be Michael Thomas this year either. Yeah, we'll no, get into that no, later. No. Um, yeah, that's full hands off on that, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. it sounds like, I mean, everybody may know tomorrow because teams are reporting uh, tomorrow to training camp. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Everybody, by the time you're listening to this, you'll, you probably already know whether or not Aaron Rodgers is signed anything mm-hmm. and is reporting to camp and all that stuff. Yeah, because that's the word, is that if, if they can come to an agreement, that he'll show up for camp. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a big deal. I think it's a huge deal for the locker room if he does yeah. that. Uh, not that he's losing the locker room. I think everybody thinks that he still owns that. But nonetheless, it's still important. Um, it, it, you know, at least with the key players that he hasn't lost. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's got the offensive line on his side. He's got Devontae Adams on his side, obviously. Uh, everybody around him likes him as far as that goes. I don't think, I don't think there's any, any concern any that he's, yeah, there. any concern that he's not going to be still the alpha in the locker room as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, any other, uh, football news this week that I missed? Not that I was a super worried. I mean, there's, you know, been some, you know, the injury to, uh, Cam Akers since last week. Was that before last pod or? Yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah, yeah uh, I saw a new. My, my dates are all thrown up. Yeah, yeah, right. I think I saw news that, uh, uh, Marlon Mack was back and healthy. Um. Yep. So uh, Barkley is uh, long term. Oh yeah, that's true. Barkley, they're 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 playing it safe with him. So who knows what that means? So fuck me, man. Yeah, that's that's gonna be tough, man. How do you how do you draft that guy? How do you draft that guy with a top then, five over pick, uh, overall well, pick, knowing that he's not gonna he'll win you week. He might help win you week six through you know eighteen, but. You can't. They, I mean, you can't draft him in the top five at that point, though. I can't. Um, I mean, you're sitting on you're, you're you're sitting on that when you could have had Barkley or not Barkley, um, uh, Chubb, yeah, Kamara or Nick Chubb or Zeke Elliott or anything like that for the first five six feet five six weeks. Uh, Ronald Jones looks like okay, he's he's hitting over? really hard. Uh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, would okay? Would you take okay? Which of these three players would you take over Barkley in a redraft only? We're not talking keeper yeah. or dynasty. You got uh, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, or Barkley. Uh, I would have no problem taking Jonathan Taylor. I think Najee is a, uh, a stretch, um, just because I I. St- I I still don't know how how that's going to shake out. James Conner has had has had the reins there if for the last couple a, of seasons. If we got a little closer and we know, hey, he's going to be out until like week four. Yeah, I would still be willing to take him over Najee. But if we we get in there and they're yeah. like, it might be week six or seven before he's in. I'm taking Najee I'm over. I'm taking Najee. Yeah. If I knew that I was From, missing six games, six full games for sure. If you don't have your first round for six, six or seven games, then you have very little chance of making 
the uh, the playoffs here. Yeah. So so uh, it's one thing to sit out a couple of weeks and ride it out and hope for the best. Um, and I'll get into that when it when we talk about Michael Thomas here in a little bit bet later. But um, it, it, it to know that somebody's going to be out for six weeks that's tough. Man. If we if we know for sure that Aaron Rodgers is is back, and we were looking at that kind of situation, I'm taking Aaron Jones over Barkley. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I probably would. That's that's kind of how I how I'm looking at it. If if we knew that Barkley's going to be out for multiple weeks, I'm not I'm not spending my first round pick on him. Yeah, uh, right behind, right. Uh, right right now, Saquon's going uh, just behind Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, uh, and then just ahead of Jonathan Taylor, Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, uh, Tyreek Hill. Kelsey Jones Adams. So I'm taking Kelsey over him. If I was looking at that situation, if I was yeah. looking at at Kelsey or Barkley, I'm taking Kelsey at that point. Yeah. So if you get to the ninth, the tenth spot, um, eighth, ninth, tenth spot, and Saquon's still on the board, Kelsey's still on the board, you're taking Kelsey. I'm taking Kelsey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, There's way more value there if you know he's going to be sitting out for a few weeks. There's almost more value there outside of that in general, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, Ocho Cinco has been trying to get back into uh, New Orleans. He's uh, picking them to uh, try and join back. He's forty well, something years old, and he still wants in. Who would you rather have, Chris Hogan or Ocho Cinco? Ocho Cinco, a hundred percent. Chris yeah. Hogan just sounds small. Sounds he, he's slow. not small, but the he problem sounds, is he's like uh, uh, he's he, he's like a, a a nail in the coffin for. For teams lately, yeah, right, right. When he's your go-to, that just doesn't work well. Right, right, exactly. Okay, well, I think that's it for uh, your news uh, on the week. We're gonna get into the AFC South or NFC South yep. uh, here. Uh, Frodo, uh, we wish you farewell, yeah. and we'll see you back in the back in the shed out here next week. Yes, I am almost back home, so I'll be back in the shed next week. All right, later, man. All right, peace out. Later, man. Okay, so there you go. That's our uh, uh, that's our little chat with uh, Frodo there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the show tonight with uh, I don't know who should we talk about. Let's talk about Panthers first. Um, so NFC South, uh, it's it's uh, it's a division with a little bit of turmoil in it right now. Uh, we just got a lot of different. Uh, particularly the my two teams have a lot of different changes going on at the same time. Uh, I got the Saints and the Panthers. Panthers, uh, of course, picked up Sam Darnold this year, and that was the big offseason move for them. Um, so so uh, what we want to do about uh, Sam Darnold, the, the hard part about Sam Darnold here is that we we don't know what he's got. We don't know what kind of a quarterback he is because uh, he's had Adam Gase holding him back. We don't know if he's still seeing ghosts. We don't know if he's seeing ghosts, and we don't know what kind of trauma that motherfucker Adam Gase has done to this guy. He's like, Adam Gase, is, he's held back better players than Sam Darnold. So, uh, it, it, it probably the most uh, the most famous quarterback is Ryan Tannehill, yeah. who, is a, who is now a perennial Super Bowl contender. Um, and, and, and almost weekly starter. And a, uh, yeah, exactly in fantasy. So, so, so if Ryan Tannehill, who was based, I remember when the Titans signed him at, to the backup, or maybe they even traded for him as a backup. But he was 
a backup to Marcus Mariota. And I thought to myself, that was a weird move. Like, the guy's done. Like, he was garbage over there. He's not going to continue to... He's going to continue to be garbage here. And as it turns out, he's not. It's just that, you know, his coach sucked. Um, yeah, you know, the quarterback whisperer. The quarterback whisperer. Yeah, thanks. Uh, talk about guys standing on the shoulders of giants. Peyton Manning no has built, made that guy so much money, man. No joke. Um, look, the... the the thing that the best thing that's going for Sam Darnold right now is that the Panthers had an option to take Justin Fields, they had an option to take Mac Jones or Kellen Mond, um, or it, it, and and they didn't. They stuck with him. Instead, they went cornerback in the first round at uh, the twelfth overall or something like that. Um, when they already had a pretty decent cornerback crew, right? So this is that's the weird part there. But nonetheless, Sam Darnold's the guy. So. Uh, uh, for better, for worse, and I think it's for better, Sam Darnold's going to be a good player this year. He's not going to be a starter, but uh, but he's not going to limit the offense. He's not going to be a limitating factor on this offense. Um, specific, I mean, let's just get right to the, the easiest, the easiest out of all of the breakdowns, the easiest pick of them all is Christian McCaffrey. CMC is just the best. I mean, he's so good at what he does. He was out most of the season last year, and he's still going 101. He played three games. Do you know how many games he was the number one running back? See, three games? Three games. Three games. Oh, my God. The guy is so fucking good. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. If, if you are 101, you, you're done. You, and you know what that does is that makes our job harder because then when I'm looking at 2020 stats at every other running back, and I'm like, oh, they're a top three running back last year. That's without the best running back in the game. Mm-hmm. So you have to knock that down. And then that week, you know, somebody else went down. And so now they're, I mean, it's just, it's just garbage, man. You got to stay healthy. And that's the important part here is uh, he had a hard year last year with injuries. Um, but I think that they were being hyper protective of him last year. Yeah. And so, so I'm not. In a year that wasn't going their way. Exactly. They went, why do we want to put mileage on this guy? If we, if we, if we let off the gas this year, we might be able to get two years down the road for him. Um, so, so. I, I think the year before he was at like a 90, like a 92% snap count. Yeah. Over the entire year. Yeah. 92% of the snaps he was on the field. Right. That doesn't happen except for the quarterback. Yes, that doesn't happen. That's insane. That's insane. The guy is, uh, his conditioning is insane. His, he's just such a good football player, and he catches the ball. He runs the ball. He, he, he's so good in the open field, and um, you're gonna win leagues with him. Um, he, he, he's going 101. He's not gonna fall to you at the second spot. Yep. There is no better player than him for if, fantasy if football. If anybody takes somebody different and you're sitting number two, thank the gods because that just happened. Right, right. Because somebody There's just had no a stroke and fell onto their keyboard. There's no reason for him to not go 101 at all for nope. any reason whatsoever. Yep, yep. It's it's nuts. So uh, they've got Chubba Hubbard down there now too. Um, and uh, think, okay, so last year, you know, Mike Davis stepped in. Uh, when CMC was out and played himself, uh, you know, really well, uh, played himself into a new contract. Where do you sign at? Falcons. We'll Fal- be talking about him shortly. So, so uh, Chubba Hubbard in 2019, uh, coming out of 2019 college season, he was one of the top running backs in the nation. He was going to go as a top 10 running back, um, but he stayed in school <laughs> like an idiot. And, uh, 
after the 2020 uh, uh, season uh, where he had some hiccups along the way, he fell all the way down to the fourth round. Um, look, there's nothing that, that's, that, that means that either he had a really good season or he had a really bad season last season or uh, anything in between. And these guys can really capitalize on a, on a pretty deep round uh, uh, number one running back here because the handcuff to CMC is valuable. Um, his his backup has has put up decent numbers every year as an additional running back on the field. But more importantly, he if you're spending the 101 on somebody, you might as well pick up Java Hubbard back at the very last pick of the round and sit him on your bench for a little while until you need the space. Um, he's too valuable of a pick. I don't typically like drafting handcuffs. Maybe I would do this guy. Maybe I would pick him up um, if I had CMC. If I don't have CMC, I'm not worried about it. Uh, his upside, his major upside, though, is only as a handcuff. When when CMC goes down, this guy is going to be a top 20 running back. Easy, maybe top 10. Um, it, the only other hope here is that these guys decide to kind of go uh, uh, with a two running back committee. Just to just to keep the tires light on uh, uh, on CMC, so you may see a little bit more of a instead of a 92% you know snap count, maybe you see an 85% snap count. He starts eating into those carries a little bit, um, you know between the uh, between the 20s. Um, I I don't know, man. This it, I don't. There's not much to say about Jabba. He's going to be your handcuff. Nobody else is going to be picking him up. Um, first guy on the waiver wire when CMC goes down is going to be the winner of the lottery that week, though. Uh, Getting into the uh, wide receivers, DJ Moore is one of the more intriguing things uh, uh, players here. This is a guy that is sort of seen as a struggling guy because he's always, he's billed as a number one, a wide receiver one, and yet he keeps getting, he keeps failing uh, to put up wide receiver one numbers. Um, and it's it, it, he's got two seasons, back-to-back seasons of 1,200, almost 1,200 yards uh, a season. Um, but on his three-year career, he's only got 10 touchdowns. Yeah, and that's the thing is it, it's – if it happens again, there's something to be said. But it seems like it's an anomaly for somebody, somebody to be able to put up so many yards and not find the end zone and not find the end zone so it's either something where he can't like he just can't close in his career or it's just been two freak seasons as far as that goes right right uh the good news here is uh curtis samuel's out of town now he's over in washington and the word is is that they might put DJ Moore a little bit more into the slot now. Um, the reason that that's really important is obviously most of us play in PPR leagues or halfway PPRs and slots get more attention. But uh, slots like sluts uh, get more attention. Uh, DJ Moore is, uh, or uh, Sam Darnold loves to target a slot. And so in, if you want to get your best receiver the ball, then you're going to put him where the quarterback feels most comfortable, especially in his first season with the team. If that hits right, that's going to hit real right. And you're going to pick up DJ Moore uh, 
in the fifth round, sixth round right now. Like yeah. that's insane. This guy could have top, uh, uh, top ten. He's got top ten upside, top five potential, and he's going in the middle of the fifth round. That's crazy to me. This guy, this guy is easily the best value here um, because he's never finished below. 22nd overall wide receiver and he's being drafted as the 24th best so you're drafting him below his floor and your uh and he's probably got a better chance than ever this year to to exceed those expectations so this is it though if he doesn't exceed those if he doesn't meet these high expectations of him this year then we're done with him for fantasy i mean he he's gonna be a six round relegation for the yeah, rest of his he's life. still a fantasy value but as a wide receiver, two or three. Yeah, because he's yep. not getting the touchdowns. Yep, that's where you're coming from. Uh, Robbie Anderson there is uh, going as 35th wide receiver, 87th off the board. Uh, he uh, he had a solid 2020, um, but it was it it was his floor. His floor was really safe. It seemed like every week he was putting up eight points at least, but he would never put over put up over 15 points. So his ceiling is really capped as well. Um, I don't expect that to change too much, except for, you know, his old quarterback was Sam Darnold um, when he was playing in uh, New York. So uh, there might be a relationship there. And if that really does connect up, then you've got wide receiver two upside uh, with Robbie Anderson. Um, but he's likely going to be a three or four. Like you're not this, this guy shouldn't be started uh, most of the time. Um, the, the new guy on the on the block is uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. Um, going a little bit behind. Um, oh my God! What did I? Oh, what, I just had a total brain fart. Jesus, man, Robbie Anderson. I was like, who did I just talk about? <laughs> Curtis Samuel? No, he's in Washington. Anyway, so uh, so TMJ, as I affectionately call him, um, he's he's uh, Robbie Anderson's in his final year. So uh, of his contract, so that means uh, Terrence Marshall is a guy that came in. He's uh, one of their uh, one of their. He but was there. Does have a connection? But he does have a connection with Sam you know, Darnold. With with Sam Darnold, uh, talking about uh, Terrence. No, 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 Robbie. Rob, Anderson. Robbie. Anderson. So he's in, he's in his final year. Yeah. But he's go- coming back to a quarterback he had success with. Exactly. Exactly. But the point being that Terrence Marshall Jr is probably the insurance policy against Robbie Anderson leaving. And the offensive coordinator coordinator over there is Joe Brady, who coached him at LSU. So so there's a little bit of familiarity there uh, with the OC, which means that it's theoretically possible that Terrence is going to have a little bit of a leg up on the on the book. But this is the second year Robbie Anderson's had this book, uh, this offense, um, and he was apparently already pretty familiar with this style. So... I don't. I'm not saying that Terrence Marshall is the guy moving forward. What I'm saying, dynasty wise, I'd love to have my hands on him. Um, and if everything falls right for him, he'll be a wide receiver too. But likely, he's not going to end. More than likely, he's not going to end one week this year as a wide receiver too. So he'll have he'll have a couple of couple of games. Um, but he's the guy to pay attention to. Uh, in in uh, training camp, if Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold don't necessarily connect up, then Terrence Marshall is going to be the guy that that is set, ready to follow up uh, with uh, 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 behind uh, uh, DJ Moore uh, because Sam Darnold's in his uh, the, he's in his fourth year right now. 
and then the exercise is fifth year option. So he's got two years left on this contract, which means next year they're likely going to be spending the money on him yeah. to to renew his contract. If to, if he shows out this year, if he shows out this year, and if even if he does above average, um, then he's going to make a shit ton of money, and they're going to need that cap. So uh, the only other player that might be sort of kind of maybe of note is Dan Arnold uh, out of Arizona. He, uh, he showed up th- this year. Uh, he might pop, but uh, the truth is, is you're just going to have to wait and see. I mean, uh, Dan Arnold had a couple of good games over in Arizona, but while we expected him to do great things, he never ended up doing it. So, But he's the only guy there, so... That's that's the potential there. Is he's a, he's a, he's a strong receiving tight end, um, and he's the only one of any talent. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's your guys there. Uh, your 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 big value here is easily DJ Moore for me. It's not even close. Like he is, uh, and, and I thought I was going into this saying gonna, I was going to say Sam Darnold because I do like Sam Darnold and I do. I believe- mean, in all fairness, your big value yeah. is CMC. Yes, your biggest value is CMC because you're going to draft him as the best fantasy uh, player in the game. And he's likely going to win you every week. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to be the best fantasy player in the game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so so, I I don't know, man. DK Moore, though, I mean, drafting him as the 24th best with the upside of being a top 10, top 5. And possibly Sam Darnold. And possibly Sam Darnold. So who's being drafted as like the thirtieth best uh, quarterback? So th- no expectations yeah. Yeah, for not. him there. So this is something that you can you can draft your regular team, and then maybe as you get to the first week, plug pick up Sam Darnold and play him. Yeah, if it I don't think good. they have a great start to the season though. Unfortunately. Oh, okay. I, I think you. they have kind of a rough start to the season as okay. far as uh, uh, defenses. Potential defenses defenses don't always carry over year to year yeah, as far as what they do, but there's some defenses that you know are just going to be decent. Yeah, they open at the Jets, okay, uh, New Orleans, then uh, Houston, Dallas, Philadelphia. Okay, never mind. No, yeah, no, this is actually a pretty yeah. cushy little schedule. New Orleans I was is thinking rough. a different roster than, or Phillies, a different schedule then. Phillies might be, uh, 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 might be a little bit difficult, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm not terribly afraid of any of those. Yeah, there's some teams in there that you could definitely you can score. You, you, you can stream, possibly. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I you'd think probably want to give it a week or two, see how he's doing. Nobody's going to be picking up Sam Darnold, expecting to win the season with him. No, uh, but after, I wouldn't be surprised after week four, as we start to hit all the bye weeks, that he's scooped up and he's one of the first guys to stream. And let's face it, when you have a when you have a player like CMC, that adds value. To your quarterback. Significant It's value. just like with Drew Brees. Yep. He didn't always have the best, like, actual, like, performances. But right. when you're pitching the ball off to Camaro the entire game, yep. you're getting passing yards in that aspect on those short dump-off passes. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing that to CMC all day and he's getting touchdowns, you're getting touchdowns. Or Sam Darnold's getting touchdowns for that. Yeah. So yeah. CMC it, th- got... Hundred and uh, back in 2019, he got 142 targets uh, and a uh, thousand yards receiving. That all goes on the quarterback's shoulders. Absolutely. You know? So, uh, but he only passed to him five yards away. Yeah. So that's magic, man. You love that. So yeah. So uh, that's that's the that's the that's Sam Darnold's upside is CMC. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. So that, th- those are you guys uh, over there uh, in Carolina, and um, I. 
There's not a lot to say about them. Um, Sam Darnold's going to be a big factor into whether or not they're good. DJ Moore is going to be the best wide receiver on the team, and you get him in the fifth round. Um, there you go. Fair enough. Uh, we'll jump into the Falcons next. Um, let's, you, you got Matt Ryan. Matt, as long as Matt Ryan's on the team, he's going to be the starter for this team. Right. Uh, they, they pay him way too much to not have him the starter, and they can't get rid of him because they paid him way too much. Right. right. Um, the drawback here is, is fantasy-wise, he has been a different quarterback when Julio is not on the field. Statistically, yeah, for fantasy, yeah, there are two Matt Ryan's. Um, so now that Matt Ryan or not now that Julio is not on the team at all, it will be one of those things to watch out for. Matt Ryan may not be a playable quarterback on a real regular basis. Obviously, all quarterbacks have certain games where they can turn into they can turn out huge games, but he may be a stream only type of quarterback whereas he's been a pretty consistent play every week for the most part because he had right. Julio Jones right and he had to throw the ball constantly because of a bad defense right the bad defense didn't get much better this year though no so there is that yeah so he's still going to have to sling the ball on a regular basis um moving into the running back um you got Mike Davis who's coming from the Panthers yeah showed out but Clearly got tired towards the end. Yeah, he, definitely he, petered out. Yeah, <laughs> but Peter. the the thing I want to point out is is Todd Gurley on very limited uh, usage and um, quality mm-hmm. was still a very productive running back for multiple games last year. Yeah, um, and I think Mike Davis has more. At this in stage the knees. in their career. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then right. Todd Gurley does. Uh, so I think based on the the workload alone, now you're not going to have any huge games with Mike Davis. You might have a few good games. Yeah, he might fall into the end zone two or three times and yeah. give look you at, a- Look at Todd Gurley. He fell into the end zone even when he didn't want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mike Davis is going to have – he will be a solid game play – on a pretty regular basis. He's not going to... I don't think he's going to kill your team on any week, but as a flex play or as an RB2, because where's he going? Let me tell you. Uh, he's not... Obviously not a top end. I would say probably three or four, most likely. Round three or four, I would assume. Uh, maybe even a tad later than that. Yeah, later than that. He's going as RB25 at 62 overall. Except so, d- oh, yeah, five. Round yeah. five. Round five. So uh, I'd be willing to pay around five for him for, for a starting running back. Starting running back, for sure. Yeah, basically any starting running back is going to That be, you can put in your flex. Uh-huh. I mean, that there, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, yeah. If, if Mike Davis ends up being your third running back, you feel pretty good about that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and he's going right around, just to give you guys a little bit of uh, 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 reference here, he's going right around, uh, let's see, Chase Edmonds, uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, Odell Beckham, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Ronald Jones, that area. So, uh, I'd probably take Chase Edmonds over him. And... I'd take Mike Davis over Raheem Mostert. 
Just yeah, just because his... I, I don't know what type of workload Raheem's going to get uh-huh. with the running backs that they took in the draft and that sort of thing. And I'd probably take Odell over Mike Davis. Depends on how I drafted in the first few yep. rounds. Yep, usually if I was so. if I was if if I did like two and two, yeah, I would probably go Mike Davis over OBJ. Yep, I'd get my third running back there too. But if I had there. had a third running back already, I would definitely be looking more receiver esque than running back at that point. If 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 those were my options, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Completely different from that though. Uh, a receiver who has the potential to be the number one se- receiver on the year. Yeah. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Who is going as wide receiver seven? Six. Six. Six okay, right so now. Okay, so he bumped because he was at seven. Yeah, 21st uh, overall. Yeah. Uh, going at wide receiver six. So just a quick uh, thing on now, as we said, Matt Ryan drops in fantasy value when Julio is not on the field. However... Calvin Ridley does not. Right. So in the seven games last year without Julio, he had 74 targets, 50 receptions, 765 yards, 2.84 yards per route run, and a 28% target rate. Jesus. With Julio, he had 63 targets with 40 receptions, so it's 10 less on basically both. Uh, 609 yards, so almost 150 less yards, 2.08 yards per route run, and only a 22% target rate. Yeah. Yeah, Calvin Ridley's going to get the ball, and he's going to get it a lot. He's Um, big, he's Mm sure-handed, and he's going to be the number one target on the team now. Yeah, you've and they've already got, got a relationship, you yeah. know, which is which is really You've still good. got Russell Gage. Russell Gage probably takes a pretty good bump here, mm-hmm. um, being the, the, the de facto number two at this point. Yeah, and he and Russell Gage is a guy who last year famously went on a little bit of a run of having some great Early games. on in the season, mm-hmm. he was, well, when Calvin Ridley was the number one receiver uh-huh. for, what, through week five or week six, something yep. like that. Yep. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, uh, Gage came in, played really well, and uh, and won me a couple of games for sure. Uh, and and then he disappeared as the third wide receiver on the depth chart. Yeah. So uh, this will be a big year for him uh, to to really establish who he's going to be. If you're drafting in the first couple of picks uh, in the draft, and you're taking somebody like CMC or. Camara uh, or Dalvin Cook, and you could pair that with Calvin Ridley in round two. Well, yeah, I'm looking at this right now. If it's a ten-team league and you draft first overall, you're going to get Christian McCaffrey. Then you're going to end up with uh, right at the turn right now is DK Metcalf, is Joe Mixon, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, or Justin Jefferson. If I could end up with Calvin Ridley, and I would take Justin Jefferson, uh, I would absolutely take those two receivers two yes. and three. Yeah, and your first, your first, because if you're taking CMC, your first position is always locked, and then you load up with running backs from there. After that, yep, exactly. That's that's a that's if you have Calvin Ridley and team. Justin Jefferson, who could be both top five receivers uh-huh. this this year. Yep, I mean that would be huge. Yep. DK Metcalf's going high. I'm surprised. That's about almost that. unfair. If you can have CMC, Calvin Ridley, and Justin Jefferson, right? Because then at the back of the other ends, so that'd be back of the third round at the beginning of the fourth, uh, is uh, Julio Jones, CD Lamb, 
Kyler Murray. So we don't have a ton of running backs left anymore. All of them are gone. Uh, running backs start at uh, 44th overall. Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, uh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, wait, he's not a running back. Uh, yeah, you, so it get, starts to get a little bit dry there. So, so yeah, you're taking, you're definitely taking some flyers. You're, you're, you're doing a bit of a reach. You're taking guys that are going to be your boom best guys at that point. Yep. You're, you're taking guys like Raheem Mostert. Yeah, uh, exactly. That could have huge games all off one run. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then vanish for the next three weeks. Yeah. Uh, but when you have those top end players like that. It, it, it's almost worth it to yep. take those. Yep, because you're gonna end up, you're gonna end up with uh, probably a middle of the road running back as far as the league goes mm-hmm. uh, team because you're gonna have the best running back and a couple of middle middle range guys, but then you're gonna easily have the best wide receiver core mm-hmm. uh, in the league with Calvin Ridley, DK, or uh, Justin Jefferson. It's yeah, uh, it's dope over there, man. That's a, not a bad place to be. So outside of obviously uh, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, where is Russell Gage going? Uh, Russell Gage is going uh, almost undrafted. Then he's, I mean, he's a good value for uh, sure. He's going at 188 overall, wide receiver 63. Uh, what's that other guy's name? The guy with the crazy name. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus yeah, or whatever. Zacchaeus, who's technically listed as the number three receiver right now. And that's why I'm surprised that he's, I mean, he's way down the list. He's, I mean, he's after fucking Cordero Patterson's going before him. Um, I actually think that this guy might end up showing out this year as the number three guy. I mean, as much as a uh, dude goes. Um, well, again, he could move into that number two spot. Russell Gage could kind of disappear in, uh-huh. in, in a and a possibility, so... Yeah, it is, it is. And uh, so, uh, I mean, just to look at his build, what is he? He is 5'8", he's a little guy, 5'8", 193 pounds. Ooh, little speedster, though. Yeah, so uh, there you go. That's what that's what you got there. Um, I So you're going to have to pay attention to Russell Gage and how he starts the season um, to pay attention to whether or not you need to know about the third guy on the roster or not. Right. So, moving on from there, uh, before I, I, I get into it, um, yeah, I, I'm going to list some numbers, and I want to know if you'd be okay with it. Okay. Uh, 69. <laughs> not quite. Um, on the year, 64 receptions. Okay. 722 yards. Okay. Six touchdowns. How, w- how would you feel about that? I'd feel okay about that. He, I mean, he wouldn't be my wide receiver one, right? He'd have to be my wide receiver two or three flex. Yeah. Okay, so in, in in the tight end landscape. Oh, in the tight end. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I'd feel great about that as a tight end. Okay. So you'd feel great about that. Right? Wouldn't you? Well, that, I'm, I'm, I'm leading yeah. up to this here. Okay. So put, to put that in perspective, comparative to last year, uh-huh. that's basically Logan Thomas's who was the who's the tight end for Washington football? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Who came out of the gate or had a really good season? Yeah, he, he had a good stretch. Yeah, he had a good stretch through like week ten, uh-huh. nine through fifteen, something like that. So he had a, he had a solid stretch. Yeah, and Logan Thomas is going as the ninth overall tight end right now. Okay. Okay. So the numbers I just listed off uh-huh. are the best. Since the year two thousand, I don't know previous to that, but the, since the year two thousand is the best rookie year for a tight end. Woof. 
That okay. was Evan Ingram by a large margin. That is okay. that is that is the best rookie season. Okay. So So what are we expecting of Pitts? Exactly. Yeah. Obviously everybody's saying that Kyle Pitts is is the the next great tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh he he's breaking the mold. He's got an 83 inch reach or an 83 and a half inch reach, arm yeah. span reach, which is gigantic. It's yeah, it's huge. He's he's now got the largest wingspan of anybody. He doesn't the, though. Oh, I thought he did. It, it, they said he did, but there's actually a tight end that currently Moali Cox actually has an 86 inch reach. Really? Yes. Jesus, man. Uh, but that dude's also kind of like a giant. Yeah. Right. Um. But you're having to pay up. Kyle Pitts is going five, tight end five. Uh, Kyle Pitts is going tight end four now in tight half end point. Four. Uh, and uh, that's uh, 50th overall. So you're taking him in the fourth or fifth round. Yep. Are you okay with those numbers? Are you okay with 722 yards and six touchdowns in round five? Nope. I'm not. I don't, I don't trust it, man. Because if that's the best... That's been... That's the statistically best since the year 2000. And what did Logan finish last year? Tight end... Seven? Six or seven? I'll look him up real quick. I think you're right. Logan. Uh, Homeboy ended in full point PPR. He ended as the uh, third best overall PPR. Seventh best standard. So, uh, God, he's been in the league a long time. I didn't realize Logan Thomas was that old. Shit, man. He, uh, he's been around since 2014. That's nuts. So, but okay. to kind of, to kind of put that into perspective. Yeah. Kittle was out most of the season. Oh yeah. Right. Mark Andrews disappeared because uh-huh. Lamar forgot to throw, forgot to throw or forgot how to throw the ball. Who that? Um, the Lions imploded, so TJ Hawkinson didn't do a whole lot. Right. Uh, so Kelsey Waller won. didn't do a whole lot. Was Waller the second? Waller might have been the second. I think Waller Waller had himself a, a pretty good season, but kind of started to disappear, I think, at the end there. Um, uh, no, he uh, he kind of did a yo-yo thing at the end there. Yeah, Waller was number two overall right. uh, with a stupid amount, but he was number two standard and PPR. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, that's man. He had a, so yeah. that's that's my point. Yep. I mean, you're having to really pay up for Kyle Pitts, and yes, with Julio, he. I mean, he's stepping into what is potentially the best position to go out there and absolutely smash that record. Yep. And that's what you. That's what you're paying up for. You yep. are paying up for the for the thought that he is going to smash that record. Right, right. That's a gamble. What you're doing is you're gambling on that. I mean, because right now, I mean, if we're going at 50th overall, uh, right around him is, uh, let's see here, you're looking at uh, Kareem Hunt, Lamar Jackson, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods going ahead of him. Behind him, Dak Prescott, Mark Andrews, Cooper Cup, TJ Hawk, uh, Tyler Lockett. I mean, those are the guys that are going right around him, um, and, and I don't like, I, I think I would rather have Mark Andrews than I would Kyle Pitts. But again, I mean, if I have to put a fourth or a fifth round pick on it, I'd go Kyle Pitts just because I, I, the upside is better. But yeah, last year, yeah, Adam Thielen had 74 re, uh, receptions for 925 yards and 14 touchdowns. Yeah, that would smash the record. 
Yes. Yes. So, so uh, I, I think I was looking at this a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Kelsey came into the league his first full season and put up top five tight end numbers, um, and 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 that's he's like the only guy to do that. And the other issue here, yeah. The, so you you are paying up huge for him. Uh huh. The other issue is last year mm-hmm. they spent money on Hayden Hurst. They did. He's still there. So are they just going to, like, is their accounting department just going to go, whoops, our bad, and move on from him? I mean, the thing is, 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 is I assume what they'll end up doing is they'll be running a lot of two tight end sets where yeah. you then, then you have either Russell Gage or one of the other receivers and Calvin yeah. Ridley. So you're right. I hope not because that's going to kill everybody's value. If, if I mean if Hayden Hurst is involved, like all it's doing is taking away from probably Pitts. Yeah, but I mean, if you're running a two tight end set, you have a potential for it. But he could be in there as mostly a blocking tight end. But they paid him quite a bit of money to just be a blocking tight he, end. I think the only time that I can think of that two tight ends have been wildly uh, valuable was with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Can you think of another time when two tight ends have been? I can't. No. So we got to hang that, our that, hat on one of them. Right. And that's the thing is it's like, I like Kyle Pitts. I like the, the prospect for him yeah. in a dynasty. I like yes. the prospect for him for sure. in the future. I don't like the fact that I have to draft him in the fifth round, fourth round to and hope that I'm going to get that value without ever seeing him in the NFL. There is, in the range of outcomes here, there is a very real possibility that Kyle Pitts takes a backseat to Hayden Hurst this year. Um, and, and Hayden Hurst is going undrafted all the way at 239. He's being the 29th best, or 29th off the board, tight end. He's, there is a scenario where Kyle Pitts has to adjust to an NFL playbook. He has to adjust to an NFL offense. He has to adjust to an NFL defense. um, And and doesn't come out of the... Like, hedge your bets here a little bit. Like, understand that, yes, it's a nice little gamble, and if it pays off, then you might end up with a top 10 tight end. And statistically, tight ends don't come out and do that year one. Nope. Nope. And the fact that everybody said, well, Evan Ingram blew up his first year. And then disappeared. Yeah. Well, he had 765 yards. He, that's, right. not, that's not blowing right. up. He had six touchdowns. Right. It's not like he lit the, the world on fire. He was a top 10 tight end. Yeah. That's it, though. Yeah. Not a top He five. wasn't the number one tight end. Nope. And people are talking about this guy as if he's going to be the number one tight end already. And, and, and Frodo especially gets really excited about him. And I get it. But, like, just recognize that... He has to smash that rookie record. Has to. To 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 achieve the value that he that you're drafting him at. Yes. Yeah. And that's just that's just that. That is just that value. So you are drafting him at basically his absolute ceiling right now. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that's not even that's not even going, oh, he could be the number one, which is he gonna go out there and get 
1,700 yards or 1,400 yards like Kelsey did last year? Is he going to put up 15 or 18 touchdowns? Is he going to? He's mean, not no. going to be the number one target on the team like nope. Kelsey is. There's nope. just no way around it. You can't get out. You can't come out of the gate instantly have a connection with your quarterback, instantly know the playbook, and instantly not get beat the shit now, by the de- these defenses. Right. The good thing is, is the Falcons put up points. Yep. So there's points to go around. So of any team for him to fall on, this is one of the better for him to fall on. And the fact that Julio is now gone, they have a large number of targets that are vacated. We're not shitting on Kyle Pitts. No. What we're shitting on is his value. Yeah, his draft value. His draft value at 50th overall is garbage. And he could come out and be wide receiver three, wide re- or not, not tight end three, tight end four by the end of the year. And it wouldn't surprise me. Right. But but that's way less likely than him being a 15th best tight yeah. end. Like, if Kelsey plays all year, he's going to finish ahead of him. If uh, George Kittle plays all year, he's going to finish ahead of him. If Waller plays all year, he's going to finish ahead of him. If, if any of those three guys play 80% of the year... They're going to finish ahead of him. They're going to finish ahead of Kyle Pitts easily. Because they're all the team's basically number one targets. Um... If Lamar gets back to throwing on a regular basis, Mark Andrews is going to be the number one target for him. So there's four guys that are right off the top. Now, most of those you're having to draft ahead of him. Mark Andrews, you can actually draft behind him right now. Right, just barely. It looks like that just shifted. Yeah, because I think he was he was tied in five and yeah. Andrews was four, and so it, it, it's flipped. But... I'm not drafting him at that point. Yeah. I'm not taking that shot on him. Now, in a dynasty draft, I'm all about it. I'm all about taking that chance on him early on. Uh, He was probably a top three pick in most dynasty dynasty drafts. Yeah, and I... I, That that scares me, man. Like, is... Is Kelsey that valuable? If If you could go back 10 years, draft Kelsey... At knowing what he's going to be, is he a top three pick overall? Yeah. You think in so? A, in a dynasty, In yeah. a dynasty? You got to think he led he led the t- the, the league yeah. last year in receptions as yeah. a tight end. He's a number, he was a number one wide receiver last year as a tight end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you do. Yeah, but, man, it's hard, it's hard to play that game. But he's the only one that's done that. Right. Now, technically, in their first three years, Kittle has actually had better numbers. Yeah. um, But barely. So there's... But, I mean, for the most part, most people look at it. Kittle and Kelsey are are, are one and two. Yeah. Yeah, it's those two guys, and Waller is kind of behind them coming up. And we, we... like Waller, but we think he's going to take a little bit of a step back this year. Um, just mostly because of the team that he's on. Yeah. 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 Again, not shitting on him. Just shitting on his team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, value pick, uh, honestly, Calvin Ridley, because if he's the number seven receiver, I think there's no way he finishes lower than that. Yeah. Uh, he's going, yeah, he's being drafted right now as wide receiver six. And and that's your. It feels pretty close to his seal or his floor. Yeah. That you're drafting him yeah. at. Um, ahead of him, DK Metcalf. 
I would take DeAndre, Calvin Ridley over DK. D-Hop, uh, Stephon Dix, uh, Devonde Adams, and Hill. Those are the guys going ahead of it. I would probably take Devonte and Diggs. So you have him basically as wide receiver five. So it's Metcalf. He, he well, no, him. I'm saying I would probably take just Devonte and Diggs over him. Oh, as, as far, far as, as where I think I got you. So I don't think that. I've always felt like Tyreek Hill is a little bit overdrafted, overvalued. He, the problem is he has huge blowout games, like where he has 200 yards in yep. the first half of a game. He's going to end the year as the but he's that one. yo-yo type player. Yep, he was pretty damn consistent last year. In all fairness, mm-hmm. uh, but statistically, over the last few years, he's been kind of an up and down player again because he's not the number one target. He's the number one wide receiver. Yep, he is not the number one target on that team. Dude, he's got such a thick neck too. Dude, looks um, so weird. But. Yeah, I would probably take Devonte Adams and, and, and Stefan Diggs over him, knowing that er, as long as Aaron Rodgers does yeah. for sure come back, uh, just because you know that he is the main target on that team. Diggs is the main target for Josh Allen. They have a great connection. They showed that last year. Uh, I think that there's only going up for for Diggs as far as that goes. Yeah, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if Calvin Ridley finishes above both of them. Like yeah. it would not surprise me. Yeah, by any means. So I think he easily hits wide receiver three by the end of the year. Uh, yeah, I, I like that pick as your value. Um, getting him uh, at the end of the second round, beginning of the third round, um, you're gonna you're gonna be starting to pick your if you're wide receiver heavy or if you're running back heavy. This is where you start. He's a good value right there in the middle of that because you're gonna get a wide receiver one. Um, in at the beginning of round three. Yeah. That's cool, man. I'm into that. Uh, so jumping over to the Saints, uh, the biggest story here is obviously the quarterback situation. Um, and, and well, well, kind of. Okay, yeah. Right, the, <laughs> the wide receiver's got a little bit of a thing going on right now. They all disappeared. They all, yeah. Uh, so, so the uh, quarterbacks here are Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill had a couple of games last year where he started. And there are some really important things about Taysom, Taysom Hill when he's when he's the quarterback. It should not go understated. It should not be understated that when Taysom Hill was the starting quarterback for the Saints, he was QB6 during that four-week span. While he was QB6, uh, Michael Thomas was wide receiver 16. Uh, Alvin Kamara. It was, was the only good weeks for Michael Thomas last because, year because they 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 put him in the game. He played injured, um, and then they just said, "Taysom, throw to him." The first game, twenty three passes, twelve of them went to Michael Thomas. Yeah, he averaged I think uh, twelve or eleven uh, eleven recept or eleven targets during that four week span. Um, the weird part is is the last two games of that span had Taysom Hill throwing for 37 and 38 times in that game. And both times, uh, Michael Thomas was held to under uh, 12 targets. So so he didn't go above 12 targets, but he always had basically 12 targets. Uh, so the, the biggest problem for, uh, for Saints fantasy owners was Alvin Kamara when Taysom Hill started. Alvin Kamara uh, disappeared uh, for a while there. Um, uh, uh, I'll get into his stats there later, but 
suffice it to say that if Taysom Hill starts as, as their quarterback, then he's going to be a great quarterback uh, for fantasy purposes. And everybody else takes a shit. Because Alvin Kamara is not a true running back. He is a scat back. Yes. He is, he is phenomenal. Yeah. As a pass catching back. Yep. And, and that's where all of his value is. Yeah. I that's mean, why he's not the number he's not one of the number one targets in a standard league. Because he's not getting any value. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I'm going to look it up right now, but I think he had 130, uh, 187 carries last year. Uh, and his, the next best guy, let's see here, 187 attempts. Uh, and he was beat out. Oh, nope. This is standard. I want to go back to half point. Half point PPR. He was the number one running back uh, by by a wide margin. Uh, and then the next best guy was Derrick Henry. The the rushing attempts was 187 to 378. Yeah. Now, okay, that's Henry. He's got more. He's got almost 100 carries more than anybody else. So the next one, Dalvin Cook, 312. He still had 125 or 150 more carries than Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook catches the ball a lot. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's 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 just nuts, man. Like this this guy, he he. Taysom Hill is going to be a really good fantasy quarterback. He's also not expected to be the starting quarterback. And here's where I think the biggest problem for this team and all of their players is I don't know that we know from week to week who the starting quarterback is going to be. Meaning we're going to come out of camp. I mean, obviously, they're probably waiting for camp itself to make the official announcement. But you would think going into camp that they would pretty much know who they're who their quarterback's going to be. Most people believe that Jameis Winston is going to have the starting starting job and that it's that it's his job to uh, uh, to, to, to lose. Um, but he doesn't have a wide margin on it. And really what it comes down to, as you guys are going to find out, they don't have fucking wide receivers anywhere on this field. They had one, uh, one of the best in the league, and then he tore his Achilles. No, uh, he's repairing something. What is he repairing? Uh, a body part. It's his ankle. It's uh, all part of that mess. Yeah, it's all part of that, which is what sidelined him for most of last year. And so he he just went into surgery uh, for that. Uh, so you're you're left you're left without uh, hardly any uh, uh, receivers. So just uh, in case anybody's not aware, Michael Thomas had surgery for a ankle injury of some sort. I do not remember what the actual procedure was in June. They have said that it is a 12 to 16 week recovery time before he's eligible to be back on the field uh, for full contact. Yeah, which means that he's going to be out a minimum of four weeks uh, of the season, uh, but probably more likely six weeks. Um, and uh, and so so you've got uh, uh, without a run without a wide receiver core, you have to think that this t- that Sean Payton's going to lean heavily on the run game. Um, and uh, uh, so, so uh, we've got sort of two scenarios throughout this entire conversation that we're going to talk: Taysom or Jameis Winston. If Taysom, Taysom Hill, if they decide to go a run-heavy attack, it's going to be Taysom Hill as a quarterback because he gives them the most flexibility in terms of their rushing attack. You put 
an eye back scenario or split back scenario out there. You've got both your backs on the field, plus you have an extra back in Taysom Hill. Um, you have to walk three guys and figure out where the ball is going to go every time. There's a ton of play action. There's a ton of play action. There's a ton of gives you the most flexibility. And if Taysom Hill, you know, uh, uh, went into the end, went into last season knowing that you know what I might get to play some this season, but. Uh, uh, goes into this season knowing he's going to be the starter, you better believe he's honing his skill a little bit more than he was before. Um, they gave him a big old fat fucking contract, $140 million over four years, but it's all entirely voidable. It was a cap move, so don't pay any attention to that. Um, it game, looked cool on paper. It really did. It was mind-blowing on paper. We all went, what the fuck are you guys doing? And then realized, oh, their accounting department's really smart. Yeah. Atlanta. Um, so, uh, James Winston, uh, he's the estimated starter. Uh, he's the best overall for the offense. Um, uh, because his final year in Tampa Bay, he led the league in passing yards. He mm-hmm. also led the league in interceptions thrown. But the caveat to that is he has since had LASIK surgery. Yes. Because prior to that, he basically couldn't see. Apparently, he couldn't see, and nobody decided to give him contacts. I don't know what the fuck that's about, but whatever. So, to me, that always felt like a little bit of like a like a bullshit. Like, oh, well, it's cool, guys. I, I I couldn't see before. I got LASIK, and now they're good. Um, he also had far better receivers. <laughs> he also had far better receivers. Uh, receivers that a 49, 87-year-old Tom Brady could come in and win a Super Bowl with. Jameis Winston uh, through like 59 interceptions. So um, even if they tone him back, he's still going to be better for the rest of the team in terms of fantasy, though. Um, he's not going to be the same old huck it and chuck it because Sean Payton's not going to let somebody on his team throw 30 interceptions a season. Yeah. So. Uh, so they're gonna hold him back a little bit, but he's gonna have he's gonna he, he does like to throw the ball downfield. That's gonna be really good for a couple of these players, um, but uh, but primarily the best benefit of of James Winston starting is Alvin Kamara by far. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, James Winston is Ryan Fitzpatrick, but uh, with worse receivers. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick loves to play it fast and loose with the ball. And he doesn't have a majestic beard. And he doesn't have a majestic beard. So, uh, I I don't know, man. Uh, uh, James Winston, I don't know what I want more because I like Taysom Hill. He's a fun player for me. And I like a running game. And so, I, I think if I'm the coach, if I'm personally the coach, just Scott Robley, um, I like having a wild and crazy running game. And that's not to say that you can't have Taysom Hill being productive and also not have Kamara being productive. Those two could go hand in hand quite nice Yeah, if you scheme it that way. If they scheme it that way, if they start teaching him, hey, you've got Alvin Kamara here, AK-47 is ready to pick this ball up and go. So uh, uh, with Let's skip forward to Alvin Kamara here real quick. Oh, by the way, uh, both of those uh, quarterbacks are going uh, uh, undrafted right now. Um, Mostly because nobody knows if it's they don't know you don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. So so one of them will one one of them will make it into the top fifteen ish. Yeah. Taysom sure. Hill 
For the record, though, Taysom Hill had 87 rushes for 40, 457 yards and eight touchdowns. He also ended up with eight receptions for 100 yards and a if, touchdown. If Taysom Hill is is the starting quarterback, he is a weekly starter. Yes, he's going to be a weekly starter, top top 10 quarterback, easy. But on the season, I'd put heavy money on him being a top five yeah. quarterback. With, with the rushing value? Yep. But this is the thing. You don't know if he's going to have 17 games. Right. Because I can see them going back and forth, deciding who's going to be the best because Taysom Hill threw two interceptions, and now they put in Jameis Winston, who comes in, plays great for a game, and then throws three interceptions. Yeah. So uh, it's, 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 it's horse shit. you got to watch uh, the preseason. Um, wait as long as you possibly can before you're, uh, uh, before you're picking somebody up. I will tell you this, that I would happily pick up Taysom Hill in the 12th, 13th round um, as my second quarterback, only to sit him on my bench until week one. You know, and when I know who's going to be the starting quarterback. Because if I pick up, you know, Matt Stafford or something like that in the 7th, 8th, ninth round, um, and then I pick up Taysom Hill at the end, and Taysom Hill ends up being the starting quarterback... I'm absolutely going to be playing Taysom Hill every week, and I'll ship Stafford off to somebody else for next to nothing. Um, uh, uh, so he's an easy gamble at the end there that you can that you know by week one if he's going to be usable. So he's taken up a back end roster spot. It doesn't matter. You you need that spot when the bye weeks come, but you don't need it right now. Right. So I'm taking I, I I'm easily taking Hill out. I'll be leaving a lot of drafts with Taysom Hill on my uh, 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 on my bench. Um, Alvin Kamara, week 11 through 14 with Hill, was RB11. He had 50 rushes, 237 uh, yards, three touchdowns, 10 receptions, and 50 yards, zero yeah. touchdowns. When he averaged 10 to 15 receptions so a the, game. The thing, the thing with Alvin Kamara is he gets receptions, and he runs into the end zone. Mm-hmm. And what Taysom Hill removes from Alvin Kamara is receptions, and running into the end zone, so so that's why it's such a crippling factor to have Taysom Hill. Which means Even I'm, when Camaro ran for six touchdowns in a game, yeah, Taysom Hill got one of those. Yeah, because why not? Uh, I so so his so okay so for 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 the games that he didn't that that uh, Drew Brees was the quarterback. He averaged 1.2 touchdowns per game compared to 0.75 touchdowns per game. He averaged 6.6 targets per game or receptions per game to two and a half receptions per game. He takes a marketable drop when Taysom Hill is on the board. Um, and, uh, uh, and so if Taysom Hill is the quarterback, you're ta- I'm not taking uh, Alvin Kamara as a top five running back. Now, here's the problem. The script here says that it's going to be a run-heavy attack because, again, their wide receivers are gone. So does the fact that their running game is going to be stronger help counter the fact that Taysom Hill is going to be going into the end zone more than Alvin Kamara? I mean, you know, that's the that's the question. here. I have a really hard time deciding how I feel about that. My gut tells me to stay away from Kamara if I know for a fact that Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback. Um at least I'm staying away from him as a top five running back. Um, I mean, if he falls to ninth or tenth on the board, okay, now I'm easily taking him. But the risk there is just too high. Uh, so uh, 
it, it's all about how Sean Payton uh, um, plays out this uh, uh, this this offense this year. Because if he does go to a a, a two back system, um, I mean the the potential here with Latavius Murray as the backup is pretty high. I mean, you could have a scenario where we're right back to uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara again if we have a team that's solely focused on running the ball. And um, having a three-headed monster, Taysom Hill, uh, Latavius Murray, and Alvin Kamara is pretty uh, threatening to a team. You know, yes, you can stack the box, but you still have to watch three guys go in three different directions and hope that you get the guy with the right ball and that they doesn't throw back over to the other guy who's a perfectly proficient receiver. So uh, it, 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 there is potential for chaos with this offense, and that part's really fun to me. Um, do I think that they're going to recapture the full glory of Mark Ingram as uh, a running back one and Kamara as a running back two? Uh, no, but it, it there it, it's there. It's on the board. It's available. Um, the wide receivers, though, are, are just the absolute mess here. There's nobody behind Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas just went down for another six weeks. So here's the upside of Michael Thomas getting hurt or... Uh, being called out early this early in the season um we know about it before the draft therefore his value is starting to slip already um he's going right now uh at the beginning of the fourth round um and i expect him last week he was going in the second round or the third round right at the beginning of the third round now he's already fallen a full round um another week or two uh a month into this he'll be down into the sixth or the seventh round we think is where we place his value at and uh uh and i i like him there because you don't need that guy you don't need that wide receiver until by week weeks five six yeah. seven when your bye weeks start coming in so now you get michael thomas back who's hopefully pretty healthy because i don't think they're gonna come bring him back early this year so, so now you get extreme value of a top-end wide receiver on an offense that is either going to have uh, James Winston, who likes to throw the ball a lot, or it's going to be Taysom Hill, whose favorite target is Michael Thomas. So it's really no downside for Michael Thomas once he's on the field. It's just a matter of him being on the field. Um, uh, it, I, it's 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 really tough. I'm taking him. If he falls to me in the sixth or the seventh round, I think I'm taking him uh, because of the upside later, and I feel like I can get through, depending on your draft construction, I think you can get through four weeks uh, without needing that wide receiver. Five and six, you can crap shoot, and hopefully you come out of that, uh, you know, one and one, and then you've got Michael Thomas back, and now you've got a first, a wide receiver one for the rest of the season on in the sixth round. In our early... In our early on uh, draft, we kind of had together or mm-hmm. put together mm-hmm. CMC, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, and then four, five, six, you draft running backs. Mm-hmm. And then in seven, you pick up Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. That's golden. That's golden. You're sit. I mean, you're playing your two there. You 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 have your extra running back that you're putting in the slot two, and then either you're either filling in. Your flex position in there, or you're fill- or you're grabbing one of the earlier tight ends. Yep. Uh, yep. Not early tight ends, but one of the earlier tight ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're sitting there with with Michael Thomas coming back week six. Yeah. Hell yeah. Week seven, when you already have Calvin Ridley and Justin Jefferson, you're feeling so good about that. 
you you go into the second half of the season, not even the second half, you go into that midway point of the season with Justin Jefferson, uh-huh. Calvin Ridley, and Michael Thomas as your receivers uh-huh. and your flex. With yes, with with, with, uh, with CMC as your number one running back. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 ridiculous to even think that. Um, and uh, so 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 the value on Michael Thomas could be really good if he keeps falling. You could fucking leave your extra running back slot completely open at that point. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, might as well just uh, to, to handicap yourself against everybody else. Yeah. Um, your uh, 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 if you see Michael Thomas come off the board in the second, third, or fourth round, rejoice, because that team's going to lose the season. And it, wait until about week four and send him an offer. Send him an offer, man, and pick that up, so that way you can get you can get some value. I when, like they, it. when they're panicking because they haven't won the first three weeks because yep. they spent an early round draft pick on Michael Thomas. Yeah. little side note here. I, I've been screwing around, of course, looking at other trades to make um, because I just get bored and I start making trade offers. Um, I, I was looking at Juju, sending him in a dynasty league for... Uh, uh, for one of the other guys, um, and uh, and I and I just couldn't quite pull the trigger yet because I have a hard time. This is only our second year in a dynasty, so this is our first year that we've kept an entire team from year to year, and I have a really hard time breaking that habit of look, Juju is going to be good for me this year. He won't be great, but he'll be good. So if I trade him away for somebody who's not going to be good this year, but could be great next year, I'm looking at my at my balance of that, and I just can't do it. Like I, I like I need the, I don't want to sacrifice this year for a maybe next year, and I, it's the hardest part about dynasty is valuing current talent versus potential future talent. Yeah. Um, because you have a lot of current talent. I've got a ton. My team is so stupid loaded. For the next two years. Yeah. But after that, it's a ghost town. And so, like, I'm in a win <laughs> yeah, now. It could be a total, like, oh, shit, I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have anything. Why did I give up all those draft picks? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, okay. So, But it looks real pretty right but now. But it looks so pretty right now. I roster bait all the time. <laughs> all the time. Uh, so, uh, I guess uh, to round out the wide receivers, yes, we're rounding out at the second wide receiver is Traquan Smith, who's going wholly undrafted by anybody in the world. Because the second wide receiver is useless in New Orleans. Uh, if James Winston is at the QB, Smith's going to be gold. Because, honestly, uh, he, he's the speedster that's going to go downhill. So uh, that's, he'll be fine there. You're going to pick him up week two or three. Um, I'd pick him up preseason if I knew for sure that, Murray, or, uh, that Winston was going to be the quarterback. Uh, otherwise, he's, not, he, he, he's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, where it gets a little bit interesting is their tight end. Adam Troutman was billed as a, a, as a spectacular receiving uh, uh, tight end. Also, he can throw a block. Not a great one, but a pretty good one. Um, and then New Orleans emptied out their, uh, their locker room. I mean, they have, they have no tight ends from last year except for Adam Troutman. So he made the cut. Um, and then who did they add? They added some guy that doesn't have a name. And then Nick Vanette, who I only know because he was a Seahawk for a little while. Um, so so uh, he's got no competition behind him. And he's got no wide receivers. He's going right now as tight end like 29. So 
he's going to be the only receivers on this team after week six are going to be Michael Thomas, Adam Troutman, and Alvin Kamara. If there's only three receivers on the field that have any chance of at a, at a target share, that tight end's going to be pretty good. He has to have value. He has to have value. I don't understand why he's going undrafted right now, uh, but he is. He's going undrafted, and it's and it's it's stupid. He's he's got everything here says he's going to have a lights out year. He's going to ball out this year. Uh, so so this is this is this is something where if if you're kind of deciding at the end of the uh, at the end of the draft um, uh, that you don't you go with a no tight end or yeah that team that drafted Michael Thomas yeah week four when it comes around they haven't won anything you say hey you want Michael I'll take Michael Thomas you take Adam Troutman there you go who who's blown up the first four weeks yep he's had double digit weeks he's had a yep. couple of touchdowns he is looking fantastic he's to that tight team. end eight on the board yeah. probably to that team that, that that's sitting three in, or one and three at most uh-huh. or uh-huh. zero and four yeah. Adam Trouton looked real good. Yeah, yeah, that's a big old fat fish to fry, and yeah. you and 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 I. Uh, that's a really good call. That's something that I should have come up with. What are you doing, man? You're stealing all my trade juju <laughs> over here. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Saints are, uh, are are a mess. A mess, man. It's it's so weird over there because you just don't know what you're getting with your wide or with your quarterback. Um, and and I'm gonna guess that. The quarterbacks are going to bounce back and forth between starting jobs throughout the rest of the season, which means you never know whether or not Alvin Kamara is going to have a good week or if Michael Thomas is going to have a good week. And and I'm personally, I'm going to try and stay away from it. Uh, I, I'm not saying that I'm going to not, there's no scenario in which I draft Alvin Kamara because of course there is, but there's... There's very few scenarios in which I draft Michael Thomas. There's even less scenarios that I draft anybody else on the wide receiver uh, uh, committee. Uh, so uh, Troutman is uh, probably the best value. Because uh, you can take him with your last pick. With your last pick, you can go early on your kicker, early on your defense, and then pick up Adam Troutman, and everybody's going to go, that's an idiot move. And then you've got, the, then you've got tight end six on the season. Uh, through week five. Yeah. So, suck it. Alvin Kamara, with the mess that it is, or Saquon Barley, Barkley, right now. Ah, fuck. I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about this. Um, okay. Uh, you, He could be ready week one, or he could sit out half the season. We don't know. I'm going Barkley. I think, I think my gut says Barkley. Uh... Because I'm a risk-averse person, and the risk. There's so many question marks in New Orleans. The risk-averse person to the to the player who finished as running back one, and had a six touchdown game. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't follow what you mean. Uh, yeah, and okay. had 350 some rushing yards or whatever. Yeah. Or uh, receptions. What or not receptions? Uh, attempts. Alvin Kamara ended the year. Oh, I want stats. 2020. Alvin Kamara ended the year with 16 rushing touchdowns. And six of them came in the last game of the season. Second to last game. Second to last game. Second to last game of the season. Uh, So his numbers were not that great last year. He would have, he would have fallen to probably white or a running back three or four. Yeah. Without that one game, 
uh, or if he had a, just a regular game, Alvin Kamara game, he would have fallen all the way down to wide receiver three or four. Right. Um, so, uh, but but him putting up 16 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, is not totally unheard of in terms of uh, uh, total touchdowns that he has in a game. Um, he averages, I'm going to say, looking over the last year, uh, he probably averaged between rushing and receiving. He probably averaged two and a half, two two and a half touchdowns a game. That's a golden player yeah. right there. Yeah, absolutely. The only person that would have beat that was CMC. Yeah, but he didn't play most of the season. So right. uh, that's your uh, that's your Saints. Uh, they're scary. I don't really want any of them if I can so if I can avoid them. I I think we're all in agreement that more than likely Tampa Bay is winning this division at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Who finishes last in this division? It's a tougher question. It is. Because um, we don't know about what, what the rest of the division is going to do. There's a lot of question marks in the rest of the division. I think the Panthers look better than they did last year. Yep. I think the Falcons look about the same, maybe a little. No, they don't look better. The Falcons no, they, look worse. They, they look worse. They don't, they have, worse. Julio. They don't have Julio. You can't, you, can't, you can't lose Julio and look better. And look better. Exactly. So uh, it is the Falcons. The Falcons are going to end last. Then it's going to be the Panthers, then the Saints. You think the Saints still take the second? I think they do. Okay. I think I, I, like, I like the Panthers. I like what they can do. I think there's oh my a God. Now that I think about it, CMC versus Kamara, I take CMC. I think there's a I Sam think Darnold there's versus a, any of the quarterbacks there. I take Sam Darnold. I think there's a world where the Saints finish last in this division. Man, that's scary. That's scary. They were a game away from the Super Bowl this year, weren't they? They no. Well, they got knocked out by Tampa Bay. They destroyed Tampa Bay in the regular season. That's right. And then they lost to Tampa Bay in the. I think it was divisional divisional round. round. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the wild card now. No, it wasn't the wild card. Tom Brady didn't play no wild card. Yeah, he did against Washington. Um, but yeah, so it was Washington, New Orleans, Green Bay, and then uh, obviously the Super Bowl. So, nonetheless, we've got the reigning Super Bowl champions. Yeah. You've got Tom Brady. You you know what you're getting with Tom Brady at this point. A lot of avocados. A lot of avocados. Um, he's likely a top five ish quarterback this year. Yeah. With with the weapons that he has. Yeah. This is the exact opposite of uh, of New Orleans. Yes. With the weapons that they have. Yes. It's it's an embarrassment of riches over there. In Tampa. This team has so many. Targets. It is stupid. Yeah, Tom Brady right now is going as a ninth QB off the board. So, and he uh, finished what he finished as quarterback what last year? Tommy Brady finished as finished as seventh. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's right in that same range. Yep. This year. Yep. So uh, over the last three years, he or four years, he's finished fourth best, twelfth so, best, eleventh best, and seventh best. And, and, the, and what you have to look at is the first few games were rough for Tampa Bay this last year. Everybody was like, "Oh, Tampa Bay is going to do terrible." Yeah, I remember that. Um, and then they brought in Antonio Brown, and that's when things started to turn around in that. In that, for whatever reason, that just helps Tom Brady having yeah. him on the team. Yeah. Even though he doesn't need it because there's plenty, but. They started the season last year with Godwin Hurt, 
uh, Godwin didn't play the first few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Mike Evans was hobbled. He did not look great. Still, still got a thousand yards, barely, but got a thousand yards again. Uh huh. You've got a, you've got players like Scotty Miller. You have the, obviously you've got Gronk. Yeah, God. You've got OJ Howard. You've got Cameron Brait still. So this is just unfair, man. Yeah. As of right now, uh, so obviously Tom Brady, like I said, top ten quarterback, no matter what, basically mm-hmm. this year. So yeah, he's got to be with with that with that talent around him. He has to be. You're, you're drafting him at nine. That's his floor, basically. He's he's finishing nine or ten at, at the lowest. Yeah, he's not going to lose you weeks. No. Um. The only like real hiccup on this team is the fact that there are so many players. So it's hard to have consistent fantasy value out of all of them. Right. Uh, especially in the running back core. Yeah. So during the regular season last year, Ronald Jones was pretty much the guy uh-huh. for the most part. Yeah. Um, and then towards the end of the season, they started breaking it up quite a bit where Ronald Jones would have a few drives and then Leonard Fournette was worked in. And mm-hmm. then in the postseason, it was pretty much all Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Um, and as of right now, Leonard Fournette is listed as the starter. So okay. I, I'm hesitant on drafting or running back here. I'd like to kind of see what's going to happen. Cause they didn't, it didn't seem like there was a lot of weeks where both of them had value. Yeah, when both of them were on the field, they had okay games. One of them would take the lead, but neither of them would take a, a strong lead. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it, it, it's not a, it, this is not a 1A and a 1B. This is a, when they're both playing, it's a 2A and a 2B. Yeah. And um, good luck. Yeah. Exactly. Now, one of them, I mean, if one of them got hurt, the other one's got huge value. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they're going to be. The, Giovanni Bernard is the third guy on the list. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to eat into anything at and this point. They had CJ Procise, too. Um, and then they've still got Keyshawn Vaughn. Yep. Um, but Keyshawn Vaughn's got an issue with fumbling, and we all know that fumbling gets you put on the bench right away on this team. Tom Brady will not put up. With turnovers, neither does uh, old uh, Kool Aid Man. Old Kool Aid Man. Oh my God, that photo is so <laughs> fucking funny. Okay, so if you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, uh, Tampa Bay is over at uh, the White House getting you know their kudos or whatever, and uh, everybody's looking sharp. And then there's fucking uh, Andy Reid sitting there, or not Andy Reid, uh, uh, Bruce Arians Thank standing. You, you said Andy <laughs> Reid. I, I totally <laughs> went blank. Oh, you, you said uh, uh, Kool Aid Man, and I just thought of a big dude in red. <laughs> That's Andy Reid. That's Andy Reid. But this guy was just red. He wasn't in red. (laughs) Yeah, right. He he had just the reddest face. Looked like he had just like swallowed a fart or something. It was (laughs) crazy. Uh, But uh, okay, so so uh, uh, value wise, is there is there a value on any Mike Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski? Okay, Howard, Cameron Bray. I mean, all of these guys, you're kind of paying a premium for... I think the only guy you can consistently rely on, for sure, Uh is Mike Evans. Okay. Um, 
because he's the he he still is even though it's not to the same extent he is the number one target on the team. Yeah. Um. Gronk had some good games here and there throughout the season, and obviously in the Super Bowl he had a great game as well as Antonio Brown. Right. Uh, so like, it's like in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady was like, All right, "I'm just going to feed my old guys." Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's what it, and it you know what it worked. It worked. Um, uh, but Godwin is the thing is is there's value in all of them. It's just what you're paying. You're going to have some disappointing weeks, basically, yep. because there are so many. One guy could take all of the targets in a in a given game. Chris Godwin is going to go weeks where he doesn't get anything. He puts up a big old fat egg, and that's the hard thing there. Mike Evans is always going to have some value, Yep. um, but he's not going to give you a 30-point game. Because he's a solid red zone target as well. Yep. Yep. Um, So Mike Evans ended the year last year as the 11th best PPR, and he had uh, three games, four games under 10 points. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Godwin had four games last year with zero points. Mm-hmm. Uh, zero. Not low points, but zero points. Um, and then he had a couple of games with with seven or eight points. So he ended the season as the 31, 31st overall PPR. Uh, I, I don't expect... Uh, I expect him to do okay. Yeah. But... You're certainly right. Mike Evans is the guy that he's going to feed most of the time. Yeah. But you've got a team that has such continuity because every starter from last year yeah. and some not starters from last year yep. returned to the team. 100% of their 22-man roster is is back. Yes. Which is uh, virtually unheard of. I, think I don't it, think it's ever happened. I think I think it happened like one time in like the 60s or something like yeah. that. Like a stupid long time ago. But Antonio Brown wasn't even that. He wasn't listed as a starter. Right. In the Super Bowl. He was the fourth receiver on the list. So Scotty Miller was actually the, the, the third receiver on the list. That's insane. So I... I so you've got like 23 of, uh, of at least of your starters, uh, of your people who made... Obviously, Antonio Brown was a big part of it. He had a touchdown in the damn game. Yeah. Um, They all returned. So this team could be scary for that division. Going into this season, they're talking about wanting a 17-0 season. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady says that's that's all he wants now is the perfect 17. He wants to be the first team to be the perfect 17. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that was Mahomes that said that, I think. I think think it was. Yeah. But. Whatever. Brady look, wants look, at it. The, look at the division, though. It's kind of a he, he he's in a he's in a position where they can do it. Yeah. Think about all the years Tom Brady had with the Patriots. Yeah. The division was shit. Yep. Yep. Look at last year. He came into what everybody expected to be a pretty tight competition, and he lost to the Saints twice. Yep. Beat him when it counted. Beat him when it mattered. And and uh, now that team's in complete turmoil. They don't even know who the damn quarterback is. Yeah, uh, this is this is. So you've got a team that just won the Super Bowl, returning all of their starters, every bit of continuity. I mean, you can't ask for a better recipe, right? I mean, and the other thing, Gronk is the is the listed starter. 
You've still got O.J. Howard. you still got Cameron Bray. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a couple more players that are returning to your offense that weren't even listed as starters. Right, with an additional year of familiarity with uh, Tom Brady now. Yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, Mike Evans right now is going 14th uh, wide receiver, 43rd overall. I like that value a lot. Oh, yeah, for I'm sure. I'm real happy with that. He's going, I mean, like right now, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, Julio Jones uh, are all going ahead of him. And I could I could make an argument for all of those guys going ahead of all of those guys. Yep. Now, this is that this is that middle uh, third, fourth round where wide receivers, there's a run on wide receivers every year. Yeah. Um, so they're all kind of going right there. So there's not a huge gap. Um, but uh, there, there's a jump between Calvin Ridley and Michael Thomas, and that's when the run starts. Um, but I expect Michael Thomas to keep falling, keep falling, keep falling. So, yeah. Um, Jesus, man. Yeah, so these guys are good. Uh, are, are they... Are they have they beat out uh, Kansas City for the number one odds? I don't think so. I think Kansas City is still the number one odds currently. Yeah. Um, I think Kansas City will pretty much always be the number one odds mm-hmm. as long as Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Mahomes are all on yep. the same team. Yep. I don't think. I think when Kelsey retires, that's, that's when, when things change. Start to drop if they don't replace him with somebody else. You're not going to replace Travis Kelsey. They're, they had a shot, didn't they? Have a shot at? I thought they were trying to trade for. No, they wouldn't have been able to trade up for four. Yeah, never mind. Uh, okay, so uh, anything else on uh, these guys? Super Bowl champs? I don't think so. Uh, let's see. What are the NFL odds? Is Super it just Bowl? me or did Tom Brady get cooler this year? It, he seems like he uh, became less douchey and started having more fun. He got that Miami vibe. Yeah. So, yeah, so still currently um, Chiefs are plus 500 to uh, take uh-huh. on, on DraftKings. Um, actually, I'm pretty much all of them. Uh, plus 500 to take the Super Bowl. Buccaneers are plus 600 or 650 in that range. Okay. And then the Bills, uh, the Packers jump back up there. Uh, they're plus 1,400. There's a tie with quite a few teams. There's a tie between Packers, Rams, Niners, and Ravens, all at plus 1,400. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, but Chiefs and Buccaneers are, are, are the two two main teams. Um, the one thing to be said, Patrick Mahomes has now lost to Brady twice in the postseason. Yep. Yep. So. And you remember that. Yep. Brady remembers that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every year, it's talk. There's talk about handing it off to the other, uh, you know, the next generation. And to, every year, Tom Brady says, "Nah." Yeah. Nah. Yeah. He he really wants to finish out both hands with rings, man. That's really what he's after. I think at this point, what's he got? Seven. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Now he's got three more Super Bowls that he needs. It's gonna take him four years to get that. Well, he's got a ring finger, so that one's got. So he needs two more. Oh, because he because he's got it. You can't. You, you can't, can't take. Yeah, you, you can't have your wedding ring. Yeah, on there. he's that got his wedding sense. ring. That you can't change that. You, you can't. You, you can't uh, shaft Giselle like that. Even if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Avocados. Um. 
Yeah. Uh, so next week, okay, so this was kind of a long episode. Uh, next week, uh, expect a longer episode because I get to talk about the Seahawks. The good news is you only have one team. I only. You guys aren't giving me two teams? Nope. Okay, so uh, I'll take no. the 49ers and the Seahawks. No, uh, Frodo is <laughs> going to get two teams. Frodo, okay. Frodo, just out of pure like luck, gets the Rams and the Cardinals to talk about next week. That's actually pretty good because he likes both those teams a lot. He really yeah. likes... Uh, he loves Kyler Murray. He's got a huge boner for Murray. Yeah. Um, I think the only person he has more of a boner for is Tua. Yes. Yeah, he gets a little bit homerish. He gets very homerish. A, a little bit? <laughs> with, uh, specifically with regard to Gasicki and Tua. Yeah. Um, and and uh, like he likes, his, he likes his Dolphins, and he often thinks that they're Super Bowl contenders when they're well, probably not. In all fairness, though, he's gone a lot of years without having anything to root for. Yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, so he's just excited. I get yeah. that. I get that. I'm on the back half of that. Like I know. Like I went a lot of years without being excited, and then I, I've had ten years of winning seasons, and and I I know that the window's closing. The window's closing on Russell Wilson. He's still good. He's still great. Even. But is he going to be great for another? Aaron Rodgers is in his 17th season. That's insane. That's insane. Russell Wilson is in his 10th season. No, he's in his uh, 11th season now. No. When did they draft him? 2012. 2012. So ninth season. Ninth season. It might be the 10th. I think that means he's going into his 10th season. Yeah. Um, So whatever. So he's got he's he he's into the second half of his career. Aaron Rodgers in his 16th season put up MVP numbers. So uh, best case scenario, he can still put up MVP numbers. Uh, But what I want. So let me ask you this. Do you want an MVP quarterback? Perennial MVP quarterback, regardless of votes. We know that Wilson is top three quarterback every year. Um, Would you rather have a contending top three uh, quarterback every year, or would you rather have a top 10 quarterback and never a top five quarterback that's always putting you in a Super Bowl hunt? So are you asking me if I'd rather have Russell Wilson or Eli Manning? Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady is top 10 quarterback every year, never top five, except for that one year. Um, and But he's going to get you to the Super Bowl. Like, statistically, it's harder for him not to go to a Super Bowl. Right. I which mean that truthfully. Yeah, which is stupid. <laughs> um, and Not yeah. always win, but go. But always go. Uh, so, so, uh, uh, yeah, but, but yeah. Okay. So if you, it, would you rather have a, I mean, basically Russell Wilson is following Aaron Rodgers career right now. He's, he's having really elite seasons, making his team competitive every year and getting knocked out in, uh, every playoffs, except for one that he won a Super Bowl in. Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl, won one Super Bowl, right? He hasn't been to two, right? Yeah, he just has one. I think he. Only, I, th- I don't think he's even been to think a second. He's one. only been to. I think he's been to a lot of NFC championships. Yeah, games. he's been to a lot of NFC championships. That's why last year was such a big thing because it was an NFC championship at home. Oh, that's right. Uh, it, it was an NFC championship. 
NFC Championship game that was going through Lambeau. Yeah. And then Tom Brady was like, here, hold my beer. Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm just go. I'm gonna hold my that. avocado. Hold my avocado beer. Uh, uh, so here, here's the question. If Tampa Bay goes back to the Super Bowl again, mm-hmm. Tom Brady has beaten Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically. Tom Brady has beaten Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. Tom Brady beat Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady beat Matt Ryan. Tom Brady lost to Eli Manning twice. I know. Tom Brady lost to Nick Foles. Yep. Who is the quarterback in the NF or in the AFC that is equivalent to those guys? Ooh, fun. Because apparently that's what you need. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. And Derek Carr is the AFC version of Eli Manning. I think he is, right? Like a perennially or perennially annually. (laughs) (laughs) He he is he is better than his record. Herbert's too young. Uh Huh? Oh, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. I still think that he's too young. Um, He is. But he has that he has he does, that feel where, where, has that where yeah where he can come in as a wild card team fuck everything just up upset everything and, and just destroy Tom Brady again. That's a good call. Okay, Gulak. Uh, is anybody else? Uh, two is too young. Two is too young. Yeah, for sure. Um, shit, that's that's it, man. You can't have Carson Wentz because he's he's too good. And has too good of a team around him. Uh-huh. Even though he had a, he's had a rough couple of years. Jesus, man! Like nobody, like if he would have beat Tom Brady, that would have been like, yeah. yeah I mean, you're he, supposed he, to. You're he, the he, up and coming. Yeah, he was coming off of a of an MVP season because mm-hmm. had he not gotten hurt, he would have been an MVP. He was he was the front runner at the time. Yeah, uh, he would have been the MVP of the, of the regular season for sure. <laughs> Uh, and had he made it and had he won. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so it's Drew Locke or, I mean, really it's, it, it's. Tannehill has too, he's too good. Yeah, yeah, right. That's nuts, man. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. I think Carr. It's got to be Derek Carr. Or maybe Drew Locke. If you if you give him again the though age he, benefit, he is he is young he's at a year and a half in he's the not league. even yeah he's not even in his out of his rookie contract so it's got to be Derek Carr Derek Carr is Eli Manning here it is here it is here it is okay Derek Carr goes down with an injury after having an epic season okay Mariota comes in and beats him that's it there it is we just predicted the Super Bowl. Because of 2022, Mariota got kicked off his own team, or yeah. his his main team. Uh huh. Goes becomes a backup. Yep. Has a couple of good games here and there. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr goes down. Mariota comes in, wins the fucking Super Bowl. Wins the Super Bowl. Raider the gets two- a major contract somewhere else, <laughs> and, and does nothing. Dog shit from there on. 
Raiders are the Super uh, are the 2022 Super Bowl champions. Oh my God, that's crazy! <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. You know, there's there's what's better than being in the Ring of Honor for your team, or the Hall of Fame for your team, or the Hall of Fame in general, is the very limited group of men who have beat Tom Brady yeah. in a Super Bowl. Yeah, like Eli Manning should go to the should be a Hall of Fame simply for the fact that he beat Tom Brady yeah. twice. Yeah. Like, if that's the only thing he fucking did, I mean, it basically is the only thing he fucking did in his career. <laughs> it is what he did. But, I mean, like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, dude. I uh, Peyton Manning held him out of more championships, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. But did not beat him in the, obviously, because they were in the same division, but did not beat him in the Super Bowl. So Eli Manning forever. N- nobody nobody says that Eli Manning is a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. Nobody. But <laughs> yeah. Eli Manning has two touch- has two rings against Tom Brady. Yeah, uh I think uh I, I think what 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 I saw not too long ago was Olivia Manning is Tom Brady's worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Because she gave birth to Peyton and Eli mm-hmm. and took something like six rings away yeah. from uh, 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 Tom Brady. Yeah, because if it wasn't for those two... Yes, those two guys... He potentially has six more rings. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's sitting on 13 fucking <laughs> rings at that point. He has to have Giselle come in and hold up another <laughs> hand next to him so he can have the rings. Yes. Uh, or he's just got them all doubled he's got, up. On, he's got a he's got he's three got a chains. Chain. He's got he's a like Mister T coming out. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! Oh yeah. shit. Okay, so be prepared next week. We're gonna have a long episode. We're gonna do uh, <laughs> NFC West. Uh, Frodo is gonna talk about uh, the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, Ricky's gonna talk about the Seahawks, and I'm gonna talk about the 49ers. <laughs> and that's the only way we keep the episode short. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the only way to keep it underneath three hours. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we out. We out.